Welcome to I'm Simply Sane, the health cast where the spine meets strategy, alternative health care takes center stage, and we discuss how to build thriving medical clinics. I'm your host, Dr. Mary Frances Duncan, founder and CEO of Simply Southern Chiropractic Center in South Carolina. I'm a chiropractor by trade in an entrepreneur's body. I'm excited to guide you through this journey at the crossroads of chiropractic care integrative medicine, and the art of successful clinic management. Lastly, if you take anything away from this episode today, please leave this podcast a five-star review. Reviews allow us to hear from our listeners and what interests you. So, without further ado, let's get into the backbone of it all. Welcome to I'm Simply Saying. Welcome to I'm Simply Saying. Um, this is our second episode, and today we're going to be talking about the hiring funnel. My name is Kelsey. I am Dr. Duncan's executive assistant, and um, I would like to introduce our host, Dr. Duncan. Hey, everybody. So today we're going to be talking about the hiring funnel, and um, I'm going to be kind of getting to share my perspective on the applicant side while Dr. Duncan kind of breaks down what the hiring funnel is, how we use it in the office, and why it is so important. So um, we're going to be pulling this hiring funnel today from Dr. Duncan's website, drmaryfrancisduncan.com, where you can also digitally download this hiring funnel for free. It is a download that you can take away and apply it to your practices um, or your businesses anywhere. Um, so Dr. Duncan, kind of give us a rundown of all the steps and let's just hop on into it. Yes, thank you, Kelsey. So I am Dr. Mary Frances Duncan, and I'm a chiropractor in Greenville, South Carolina. I've been in practice and have had my own practices for almost 10 years, and I've done a lot of hiring, a lot of firing over the last decade, and I've definitely learned a lot over the years, and I want to share this information. And so this, the hiring funnel in general is not new. I, I did not create that but I did tailor it to the chiropractic office and it is a system and a way to hire uh, that is not based off of gut feelings. And these are just some things that I have, it's taken me 10 years to perfect this and to get this down because being a practice owner, in my opinion, the hardest part of our job is staff management. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not getting new patients. It's not, um, treating patients well and getting them better. It is managing your staff because you're only as good as your team. So this funnel here, it starts like, you know, any other funnel at the top, there's a wide opening. And as the funnel goes down, it narrows the candidates that are in this um, hiring process so that your hiring takes a while. So, but this is going to help you, um, 
shorten that time so you're not spinning your wheels at the top of the open funnel with all the applicants that come through. You want to spend your time at the bottom of the funnel when those are candidates that are more likely to be good hires in your clinic. Absolutely. So today we are going to be breaking down that first half of the hiring funnel um, in order to narrow down all of those applicants to get them to a very small grouping of people that we will get to talk about in our next episode. So Dr. Duncan, kind of break down the steps that we're going to be talking about. Give us the whole hiring funnel and then we'll start breaking down those steps for the topics we're going to be chatting about today. Yes. Yeah, so the hiring funnel, it's an evergreen hiring model mm. and you I want to preface this whole conversation with this first so in order for this to work you cannot be desperate to hire if you are waiting until you need somebody to hire to start looking this is not going to work because with this funnel you keep this evergreen model going on a consistent basis Sometimes you may not need to hire when a good candidate comes along and sometimes you might need to, but good help is hard to find and you need to hire, in my opinion, when someone good comes along. Mm. I have made a lot of mistakes and I have learned a lot when I hired just to hire because we were desperate for help. So this is not going to work with this model, but if you can get enough staff, then turn this hiring model this hiring funnel on, then hopefully you'll be able to staff your clinic with good employees. Um, you know, as people move on, they go to school, they move away. You know, if you as you have shifts in your office, you're not um, desperately trying to fill these positions. There's a continual thread instead of just like a, I'm panicked and I need to hire somebody. Right. Okay. And I always suggest that everybody stay staffed up. So um, in the chiropractic office, we have support staff. Those are typically our hourly employees, our chiropractic assistants. Um, and then we have our professional staff. That's anybody with a professional um, graduate degree, so our doctors. And then we've got a few in between um, sort of positions, some salary positions in between. But I always suggest you need to have at least one, and if you're a larger clinic, two extra um, chiropractic assistants than you need on a regular basis. And then on the doctor side, you, I always think you need to have one extra doctor and you may be thinking, well, I can't afford to have more staff or that sounds really expensive. Well, it is expensive or, or it does cost, but I'll tell you, if you break down the cost that you spend recruiting and um, trying to get doctors and trying to get staff and all the time and energy and money you spend on that, you will spend more trying to find the right person than just having an extra staff member that can take um, the load off the rest of your team, especially when people get sick, when people, um, someone has a death in their family, um, scheduled vacations, like you, we need help so that we, we don't run our good staff um, dry. We, we, we don't want to burn them out if we can help that. Yes, there's a time where we all have to work hard and we all have to work together and step in right. and help each other, but we don't want that to be all year long. Absolutely. And, and that's really important and something I really appreciate working here is that I really do have a staff that is continually around me and supporting me. And if I need a second or I feel a little burnt out, I have the people around me here to help me and, and take some stress off of my plate. So that is something I really appreciate. And I think this evergreen model kind of 
is why that is the case, is that I can really rely on the staff members around me. Um, okay, so Dr. Duncan, we kind of have really chatted about why it's so important, what the hiring funnel is. So I say we can go ahead and start um, kind of expressing all these little steps. Yes. So this is an 11-step funnel. And so we're going to talk about the first five steps in part one of this podcast. And then we will talk about six steps six through 11 in the second part. So in total, there's 11 steps. So the first one is the job posting. The second step is call the number. The third step is apply via email. The fourth step is email introduction. The fifth step is the phone interview. The sixth step is the in-person interview. Number seven is shadowing. Number eight is the reference check. Number nine is the personality test. Number 10 is the background check and drug screen. And number 11 is the actual job offer. Amazing. So let's kind of hop into our step number one and just see where it takes us. So our first step in the hiring funnel is the job posting. Dr. Duncan, kind of talk us through what you like to include in your job posting, because it's not just as simple as putting a, a post out onto the website. So give us a rundown. So number one is just getting the word out there that you are looking to hire and that you're looking to fill a position in your office. Now, I suggest that you keep the job posting up all the time, whether or not you actually need someone in your office at that moment. Right. It's like that evergreen type of model. Yes. You keep that post out. So um, you can obviously post on uh, any sort of online job board and anyone that you like, different areas of the country uh, have different um, platforms that work better. We've used Indeed before. Back in the day, I used ZipRecruiter. Um, there's all types of platforms. When I first started, we actually posted on Craigslist. So wow. um, that, that, was, that was a little while ago. <laughs> but don't forget your other avenues of great employees. And that is always going to be your patient base. So um, we sometimes we'll put up a sign in the office. We'll put something on social media. We run um, videos in the lobby. We'll put, put that up. And so some of my best employees and my employees that have been with me the absolute longest were either patients before I hired them or they are the children of patients or they're related to patients mm -hmm. that we have. And they are fabulous. I've got some people that have been with me for half the life of our, this practice. And um, there was some sort of relation there um, with coming into the clinic for treatment. And they're already bought into chiropractic. They already know about the office. They're great advocates for you. So don't, those are your best source of uh, employees, I think. So don't forget about those people as well. Yes, you can look online for sure, but don't forget about those people. But always be posting, always be, um, you know, aware of your patients and sort of, you know, if they, you know, they're having a change in um, their life at the time, if you think they might be a good candidate, you could, you could talk to them about a position in the office. So be aware of your patients and have a pulse on that. And um, also just keep uh, job posting up and going on a consistent basis. So Amazing. that's number one. Yeah, absolutely. So with that, um, what do you like to put actually into your job posting? Yeah, so the job posting needs to be um, very, I think it needs to be concise, but it needs to tell the candidate exactly what they're looking for. So Kelsey, do you know what's the number one thing that someone's looking for on that job post? They are looking for salary and they are looking for hours. That's right. So that better be on the post. 
And so don't beat around the bush. Just be very, give your best offer. Like that, we're going to talk about this. I don't negotiate, you know, put your best offer out there. Um, this is what this job, this range is. This is what the hours are. And you, you sort of take it or leave it because you don't want to waste the candidate's time. And also you don't want to waste your time with somebody who may not be able to work the hours that you have listed or they're looking for a different sort of pay range. That's fine. They, this is just not the clinic for them. Right. Absolutely. So we have the job posting. It's listed. What are like, what do you preface moving from this job posting to the next step? Yeah. So this job posting is not like a traditional job posting. Right. It does say what the job is. It states the important things that candidates are actually looking for, the pay range and the hours, but it's also telling the candidate to number the next step the second step in the funnel is to call a phone number. So I'm not looking for candidates to apply on these recruiting platforms. I'm not looking for a candidate to, you know, send us an email to our front desk. I'm trying to figure out, we're going to take the candidate through a, a bunch of steps and that's going to funnel out the candidates that can follow directions and pay attention and those that cannot. So the next step, number two, is to call a phone number. And this, you need to purchase a phone number. This is a non-working number. No one's going to answer this phone number, but it's going to have a voice recording on it. And the voice recording is going to, again, it's going to tell a little bit more about the job. It's, it's, it's going to be maybe two to five minutes. It should not be a very long recording, but the recording can talk about your office, your team culture, what you're looking for with this position. And at the end of the recording, it's going to tell the candidate the next step, which is to send an email with their resume and cover letter stating three reasons why they would be a good hire to our office, you know, to this particular email address. And so these, and that's step three is apply via email. So the first three steps are going to weed out 90 to 95% of the candidates that are applying for the position or that are interested for, a posi for the position. And so this is going to help cut out a lot of wasted time on the practice owner or the hiring managers um, part of this hiring process. Because once somebody can get past step three, they can actually apply via email and they follow the directions, then the likelihood of them being a good candidate and making it through the rest of the funnel is very, very high. Absolutely. And I, I really liked this portion of the hiring process. I am a big rule follower and like step follower, and I really like all the steps. Um, I just, I remember in this moment, I was kind of going through this process being like, I mean, I guess I'll just do the next step. I'll just apply, do the next thing that I'm told to do. And I'll just keep going until I'm told I'm not a good fit or I am a good fit. So I remember this, especially at the very beginning being like, okay, um, all right, I have to do this now. Let me go do that. Um, and so that was kind of how that process was on the applicant side of things. Um, if you have applicants who actually do care about um, direction and doing the right thing and taking the necessary steps for the position you're in, the likelihood of them being a good fit, like Dr. Duncan said, is, is higher. So you, you really want that. 
So with those three kind of all combining together, um, let's kind of talk about this email. I mean, do you have anything else with the job posting and the phone call? Yes. So okay. the job, so the job posting and the phone call that the candidates doing those steps on their own. Mm. And then once they apply via email, then this is when you're going to get involved as a practice owner or a hiring manager. So in the phone call, so you, I suggest making up an email address that's either recruiting at familychiropractic.com or hiring at you know, familychiropractic.com. And this email address is only for applicants. And so you're looking for the candidate to send you their resume as well as a cover letter with three reasons why they would be a good hire. Now, if a candidate sends you a resume and they don't send you a cover letter or if the candidate sends you a resume and a cover letter without the three reasons why you should hire them if it's just a form cover letter do not hire them do not move forward because the first three steps we are trying to figure out if the candidate can follow directions because if they cannot follow directions in the interview process they will not be able to follow directions in your clinic so these are little tests that we are putting the candidate through to see if they can um, work independently on their own uh, and be able to you know critically think and figure things out and then also can they follow directions so at this point, I don't really, as a hiring manager or practice owner, I don't really care what the cover letter says at this point or what their resume says. I am just looking to see if they can do these steps. Um, once we make it through the step number four, the email introduction, if we get um, a green light on that, then that is when I really start to spend my time looking at the candidate, reading through their um, credentials, reading through what they, you know, actually said on the cover letter. So the first really three steps is all candidate on the candidate side. Step number four is when the practice owner or the office, you know, office manager, hiring manager, they get involved. So the first three steps are sort of nice because it, they're weeding out candidates on their own. But this is why you cannot wait until you need employees to hire to do this, because this model is not going to work if you are desperate. Right. Right. So with that email, um, they send over the cover letter, they send over the resume, you get the green light. Is there anything else you're looking for within that email other than those two things? No, just those two things. Um, I do want to say some people are actually a lot of candidates. They'll apply through their through the recruiting platform. So, um, you know, ZipRecruiter or Indeed, you know, or they'll email the, the office directly. Even if you're desperate to hire, do not just, do, you cannot hire them as a candidate. Do not take them through the interview process. It, in my experience, it is better to be short staffed for a short period than to hire the wrong person mm -hmm. because one bad apple can make the entire bushel sour in your office. So one bad or one toxic person, they can be a cancer to the entire team. And as the practice owner, you are responsible for your staff members and you have to do what's best for, for the business, which is ultimately what is best for the good team members that, that you have. So that is why I just keep harping on do not wait until you are desperate to hire to start looking. Absolutely. And um, I will say with it, when it came to doing all of these steps, applicants on your side of things, I saw those, those red lot, those, you know, 
blinking lights in bold um, of these little extra tiny little things that were in the application that I was like, okay, that's not normal to be in an application. So I really need to make sure I'm doing it in order to make sure that this is, this is a test. I am being tested and seeing how I can handle, you know, the, the, the directions that I've given. So you really want to make sure that you're doing what, what you're being asked of. So say they do, say they get through the job offer, they call a number, they, they send over your resume cover letter. It's got all the three steps included, why they would be a good fit. And then we move into the email introduction. Dr. Duncan, this is kind of the first chance that the hiring manager or the practice owner gets to actually talk to the candidate. Yes. So this is when this be we have gone from passive interview process to now this is an active interview mm -hmm. process. So we are starting to get involved. So once a candidate does the things they're supposed to and they apply via email, I will respond and say, thank you so much for applying to um, family chiropractic. I think, you know, I'm excited to move forward in this process. And the next thing I do in that same email is I, re I copy and paste the job posting with the hours that the candidate, um, we expect them to work and the pay range, I email it to the candidate, even though they've already seen it. And I ask them, are you okay with the hours for this position and the pay raise? So we are looking for a written yes on that. Um, and so we send that to the candidate. And then once the candidate agrees, then we move on to step five, which is the phone interview. Mm. So several things I want to say about this process. The candidate, you need to be very transparent and very upfront with the people that you are hiring and your, your candidates. I'm very upfront with the people we bring on to, to our clinic, but I also expect them to be um, very honest and upfront with me. I don't want any surprises at the end of this funnel. We, we need to just all be truth tellers here and just, you know, pull back the curtain and, and have a, you know, professional conversation. So if the candidate at this point says they're not okay with the hours to so say, you know, some chiropractic clinics, you know, we're open at, in the evenings or we're open on Saturdays. A common one is, you know, they'll say they don't want to work on Saturdays. Well, you know, don't bend your job description and don't bend your rules for any candidate. Not at all, because you you can work with your employees a little bit once they've been in your clinic, once they've been here for a couple years and they have proven to you that they are good employees and that they can do a good job. Yes, you can work with those people, but someone that's never been in your clinic before, do not change your practice and business model based off of them. Remember, you know, I, I'm going to say my piece here. As a practice owner, and usually practice owners are, are chiropractors too, we spent hundreds of thousands of dollars in school. If you had, you know, student loans from undergrad, if you went to a private school and you have chiropractic school loans, that's half a million dollars in loans. Mm -hmm. You have those loans. You have business loans, you know, hundreds of thousands to a million plus dollars in business loans. The, you know, we work as practice owners, especially in the beginning. I'm sure you pulled 70, 80, 90 hour weeks on a regular, consistent basis. You took the risk. You took the loans. And so remember this when you're hiring. So this is why we don't want to get into desperate hiring, because that's when you'll sort of change the the parameters for, for candidates. And, you know, this 
business is not about them. It's about you helping your community, you helping the existing staff that you have on your team. And, you know, you've got to have a hiring system. And I think it's only fair for everyone to come in um, with the same playing playing on the same playing field with the same rules. So do not, don't, you know, you're, you need to give your best offer and your hours are your hours and your pay is your pay. And if someone is not okay with that, this is the time to figure this out. If they want to negotiate their pay, you know, you, you tell them this is what I have to offer. And if they, they're not okay with that, that's totally fine. Just, just, you got to let it go and, and tell the candidate as you're going along in this process, if they're not a good fit for the office, or if you know that you're not going to hire them, you need to be upfront with them and you need to tell them that. You need to say, you know, thank you so much. I'm not able to change the hours or thank you so much. I'm not able to, pay, to change the pay range um, for this position. And I appreciate you applying. You know, thank you so much. I wish you the best. You need to tell the candidate, don't string them along. Um, don't let them think that you are still considering them because that's like that's like dating somebody and then ghosting them i mean that's not fair to either party and they make it that the candidate may get upset when you do this or that if you tell them immediately that it's not going to work out but it truly is in their best interest because they can continue to look for other jobs that may fit or work for them but if you bend the rules i've learned this in my almost 10 years of doing this if you bend the rules for somebody and you make um you know, special, uh, a special job or, or change hours or pay for somebody, you will have problems with them because this will not be the first time that they try to um, change the rules or negotiate with you with things that are very important. You're going, if you hire these people, you're going to have a problem with them down the line. Always, always. So. I mean, you feel like it kind of makes sense. I mean, you're setting yourself up for them having the opportunity to, okay, I can now make exceptions for anything. And, and that's kind of how um, you, you can look at it, you know? Right. And if you got, if you have great employees, you want to do everything you can to keep them and you want to reward them. And if you need to work with them, that's fine. You work with the people that have put the time in, you work with the people that have been loyal to your office and, you know, have been really good to you. We have some amazing hires in this clinic. I've got, you know, um, 20 plus employees between part-time and full-time and they I just cannot say enough great things about them I love coming to work I love our staff but I'm very protective of who we have in this clinic and we have a great culture um, and it's taken a long time to create this and I want to, to keep it a very positive thing and we just not only do I just I'm just praising our staff. Not only do we have a great team that's hardworking, but they're very competent and they're very smart. And I think we have some of the best um, chiropractic assistants and we do have some of the best doctors, you know, around. So I, I, I can't say good enough things about them. Absolutely. I, I rave about the staff here. They make me feel like I'm a part of the family. I was, you know, you get in and you, you get excited to meet everybody, but it's really after those first few months where you really all start meshing together and learning the culture here. And, and I've 
I could rave about the staff for hours. We could have a whole podcast on how amazing our staff is here. So um, yeah, I entirely stand with Dr. Duncan on that. So um, I would say that with that being said, that's because we have this hiring funnel in place and because the people that are here went through the process just like everyone else did. So with that being said, you know, the email introduction happens, you, you tell them again, you state the salary, you state the hours, you ask if it's okay. And then if it is, then you move into the phone interview. Yes. The next step is to schedule a phone interview. And so I'm sort of going to split these into two different pathways. Mm -hmm. So we have the um, phone interview when we're hiring for support staff. So an hourly employee. And then we have uh, an interview with our professional staff, which is usually a salaried employee. So with hourly employee, those are going to be your chiropractic assistants typically, and they are going to be local to your office. So the phone call, the initial phone call is only going to be, you know, maybe five max, max, maybe 15 minutes. And we want to call them and see, you know, are they prepared? Um, how, you know, why did they apply to this office? Uh, there are very specific questions that you want to ask in this phone interview. And these are things that I um, can share with you. We, I have a, I've started, you know, a coaching program. These are, this is one of the things that we talk about. So you just want to gather a little bit of information on the phone interview. And if that goes well, then we are going to have some times ready and we're going to invite the candidate into the office for an in-person interview. In the phone interview, you also want to ask them, you know, and say, are you okay? You want to verbally ask, are you okay with the hours of this position and the pay range? And you want to get a verbal yes. So this is the last time that you are going to talk about these two things in this hiring funnel. So the number one and two things that the candidate is worried about is the, you know, what's required for the job and how much am I going to get paid? And sometimes they worry about benefits. Um, we, you need to be good to your staff and offer benefits. I think that everybody, all practice owners should offer health insurance. I mean, it is expensive, but come on, like we, we, ha we got, we have to do better in this profession. We have to um, help our staff and we need to provide that. But all the benefits that you offer, you know, maybe for a doctor, you pay for their malpractice. Hopefully you're paying for that. Not only because that is a benefit for the, the doctors working for you, but as a practice owner, you want to pay for their malpractice so that you make sure that the premium is paid. Hmm. Um, so offering um, malpractice insurance, um, if, you, if you have a retirement program, uh, what those sort of benefits are with that. Do you pay for continuing education? Do you pay for scrubs? Um, what other benefits do you give chiropractic care? Hopefully all of your staff are under chiropractic care and you offer that for free. Um, do, you, do you offer chiropractic care for their children and their spouse? So these are all things that you can, they need to be in your job posting, but also um, you can discuss in the phone interview along with, you know, the, um, pay range and the hours for the position because that is what the candidate wants to know. So this is sort of where we're transitioning from the candidates. They, we have, 
they have learned at this point the information they want to know. Now we, as the person interviewing, are starting to get really serious about who is this candidate and would they be a good fit in the office. So get the pay and get the hours out of the way so that you can move forward as the practice owner or hiring manager um, to gather the information that you need to know um, to move forward in this process smoothly. Absolutely. That was, and that was something I really appreciated during the hiring process was the um, transparency from the very beginning. Okay. This is your salary range. This is your, this is your job offer. This is everything. Here are the hours. Here is anything that you might have questions on. Let's answer it and get that out of the way so we can actually focus on the job that we're talking about. And I really appreciate that. It breaks the ice. It's not this like overbearing conversation that we're waiting to have until the very end. Um, it's just a very one-on-one -on -one professional conversation. And I really appreciated that. So with that being said, um, Dr. Duncan, kind of talk us through the doctor route of that phone interview compared to the chiropractic assistant route. Yes. Yeah, so when we're hiring for doctors, a lot of times they are not local, they're out of town. So the phone interview is actually going to be a video interview. This mm -hmm. is going to be a Zoom, you know, Google Meet meeting. And these are not short. They're going to last between 45 minutes and an hour and 15 minutes, sometimes a little bit longer. And so this video meeting is, a, especially if the doctor is out of town, this is a combination of the um, initial call and the in-person interview. Because if someone's out of town, as, as the doctor's out of town, the first time that you meet them, they if they're coming from out of town, I suggest as the practice owner, you pay for their travel. You have them come for several days. You, We need to be paying for their um, airfare, their meals, their hotel, you know, wine and dine them, you know, treat them well and have them come out to your clinic. And so that is going to be the first time that you meet with them in person. So we're going to do a combo in the very first phone interview with, with the doctor. Amazing. So with that phone interview, um, what you, are there any differences kind of that you run through compared to the chiropractic assistance where you just kind of review the job posting again? Um, yes. And typically, you know, chiropractors, we're going to get into, you're going to go ahead and ask your very serious question. So to me, I always want to ask, just get the hard questions out of the way. Right. Just, just get break the ice, get the information, and then sort of move on. So we need to talk about, you know, um, obviously salary, obviously pay. We need, doctors are going to care about benefits. Sometimes right. support staff don't, but we need to go through that with doctors. We need to go over, you know, have you had any um, malpractice claims? Have you, have you been convicted of anything? Do we have any drug charges? All those questions, like, yes, you want to get to know your candidate, and I have – um, you know, a guide for when you're recruiting and you are interviewing with doctors, things you're going to ask. And you're going to ask some pretty in-depth questions. We want to get to know what their chiropractic story is. You know, there's a lot. It's very, very in-depth. And so by the time that you offer the candidate to come shadow in your clinic, you know, we need to pay for them to come to see our clinic. But you have a really good you know if you think they're going to move forward in your clinic or not. So right. you're not going to offer that unless you've asked a lot of these hard questions. Okay. So with that being said, say the phone interview does go well, chiropractic assistant or doctor, whoever, 
they go, it goes well. Are you offering them an in-person interview at that phone interview? Or are you emailing them after kind of talk us through the next, getting to the next step? Yeah. So what I do is I, before I go into an in-person interview, I already have a list of times ready. This is for the support staff that are coming in to shadow in the clinic again, or even for our doctors like that we're interviewing. I already know like a weekend, we usually have the doctors come, um, we're open on Saturday, so we usually have them fly in on Thursday evenings. They'll shadow all day Friday and all day Saturday. And so you want your doctors to shadow more than one day because your clinic can put on a show for a day, but it's hard to put on a show you know, for multiple days. And same thing, the candidate, they'll be on their best behavior that first day, but they'll let their guard down a little bit on the second day. And that's when you can really learn a lot of information about them. So you want to have those dates ready. Now for uh, support staff, after the phone interview, we want to already know sometimes for them to come in and shadow, but that you want to get them in within that next week. Mm. So you want to strike while the iron's hot, you know, get them in, see if they're a good fit. But for your doctors, it, you, you may have to schedule this, you know, two, three, four weeks out because if they're a practice owner themselves, they, they'll have to close up. They may have to take off work. Their situation is a little bit different. If it's a local doctor, then I would sort of treat them more like how we're hiring support staff where, you know, I would do a, just a, I would still do a video interview. It probably won't be as long. The um, in-person interview, um, you can really spend a lot of time with the doctor and the candidate then. Um, and so you would have them come into your clinic, you know, as soon as possible after the initial phone interview. Right. And I, I really appreciated this just initial conversation. My meeting was a video interview with Dr. Duncan um, and we just got to talk. And again, it was very from the get go. This is what I'm looking for. These are the hours. This is the pay. Are you OK with this? OK, now let's talk about this position. Let's really get into the nitty gritty. And I feel like this is kind of where you're starting to transition from those test and step follows to um, getting to know the applicants, but also this is where the time starts to pick up. Mm -hmm. So you're moving from a couple of interactions to, okay, we're picking up the pace and we're getting kind of started with um, the true, I guess, chunk of the interview process. Yes. Yeah, so I'll say for a support staff, um, the member that you're hiring for, that entire interview process from the time that you get a first bite and I'm saying the first bite is the candidate has emailed their resume and cover letter because you don't really know you know what candidates are going through step one and two the job posting and calling the phone number right but once you get an email that process if they're a good candidate it's going to take about two weeks before you can make a hire right and for your professional staffs for your doctors this process is going to take about six weeks so if you've got some management level positions or you know an executive assistant that's sort of in between that, that, that time frame is going to be in between. It's not going to be quite six weeks, but it's definitely going to be longer than two weeks, so probably about a month. Later. Yeah, I think it was about a month for us um, of just like communication and, and getting back together. And even though we, I think we got, you sent me over the job offer, but then we waited a couple more weeks because you were going on vacation. So mm -hmm. it was about a month um, and it was, it didn't feel like it. It felt very smooth and we were moving forward and every single step I was being told what the next step was. And I think that is what made the process so smooth on my end because I knew I, I had communication from my employer saying, hello, 
thank you for following these instructions. Now here are the next instructions and this is what your next kind of few steps look like. And I really appreciated that. Yes, so this is sort of the first half of the hiring funnel. Mm -hmm. And we'll talk about these next steps in part two, but once you get a candidate through these first five steps, the likelihood um, of them being a great candidate and the likelihood of you hiring them gets better and better as each step goes along. So this is the more hands-off portion of the hiring funnel. And then in part two, we're gonna get into the more of the active hiring on the practice owner or hiring manager's part. And um, that's a little bit more involved. Absolutely. And um, that is everything for our first half of the hiring funnel. Like Dr. Duncan said, it is super, um, you set every, you set all these systems up into place. So you kind of can remove your hands from the hiring funnel and the hiring process. But in the next podcast is when you really get to, we're going to get to dive into all the steps that are very hands-on and really start to immerse this person into your culture and into your environment. So um, thank you so much for listening to um, the first half of the hiring funnel. Dr. Nuckin, is there anything on those steps that you want to include or you think you covered it all? I think we covered everything in the steps, but I do have a question for you. Okay. So when I've never asked you this, so when we had that initial job, you know, posting, what was it about the post? Because obviously you had to figure, you know, that something sparked your interest Mm -hmm. for a position in this office. So what was it like that sparked your interest, you know, that, oh, I, I, I'd be interested, interested in this because you've never been in a, a healthcare clinic prior to this. No, right? so no, I haven't. Well, first thing, I love personable job postings. If someone took the time to make the job posting um, grammatically correct, they read through the sentences and there's no like double ands or double these. And you can automatically tell that this employer actually cares about their business just from that alone. And so I appreciated the fact that it was a fun, in, like it was a fun job posting. It caught my attention right away, looking for some um, someone with, you know, a good personality, spunky, bubbly, like any of those words catch my attention because that's just who I am. Um, but additionally, I... I don't even know if you know this, but I've always been super interested in the healthcare, but I am not a healthcare person. Like I don't like really touching people and things like that. So um, this was kind of the perfect storm where I was like, wow, I might have the opportunity to be working in healthcare, but in a very niche way that kind of fits my my liking a little bit more. So I thought it was like, okay, this might be a perfect storm of two things I really enjoy, but looking at it in a different lens that I can kind of approach things more creatively. Um, so yeah, it caught my attention just from the, the fun nature of the posting, but also being in healthcare, I was like, oh, this might be a really great fit so well i'm thinking back now and i remember the post now yeah so do you remember what do you remember one of the bullet points that i put on the post the the bullet point i remember the most is crying is not encouraged (laughs) and i saw this yeah i i remember putting that on the post for the executive assistant because i just can't the executive assistant position is to really take you know help me take you know, a lot off my plate, right. and I've got so, you know, you know, there are emotions flying. I've got so much going on. I can't have someone else um, that's also very emotionally charged. And so this is just an example. That was a very extreme example, but put in your job post what you're looking for. Don't right. be vague, you know, be very upfront. And it's, it's going to, some people 
they'll say, okay, that's not for me. But wouldn't you rather them know that up front than take them through this whole process and string them along? And then they're upset with you because they thought, you know, this was a position for them and it's not. Right. And and that for me, I really appreciated that, that one bullet point because it to me was like, she said it, like she set the bar. She, I know what she's looking for. She is working. She is looking for someone to come in and take some stress off of her. And so that for me, I really appreciated that because I was like, okay, I know this woman means business from the get go. And I know exactly what she's looking for. And again, that transparency, I I appreciate it throughout the whole um, hiring process. Yeah, and I want to add this for the job post. And I've done a, you know, I do business coaching myself. I've done a lot of coaching over the years. And sometimes we forget the things that we do offer our staff. And you need to put this in your post. Like, do you do things for work anniversaries? Do you offer free chiropractic care for your um, staff member and their spouse and their children? Do you have um, time off for holidays? Do you do paid time off? I mean, these are all things that sometimes I think we forget about. Yeah. Um, we do office training, team training. These are all, you know, we really, once we get good team members, we want to train them and make sure that they're constantly feeling like they're learning and continuing in their education. So add these things to the job post too. Um, I think we for, I forget about that yeah. stuff. And I feel like that could easily be the deciding factor. If you're like, I don't know, these are two mm-hmm. jobs that are offering the same things, but these people offer t- like 10 times more benefits than this one does. So it mm-hmm. could even be a deciding factor for an applicant. And that may be deciding factor. It's not going to be the main factor. No. Just know that with your candidates. But it, if they are very interested in your office, the, those other benefits do come into play if they're wavering between your office and somewhere else. Absolutely. So that's everything for um, our first half of the hiring funnel. We hope you enjoyed listening and um, hearing some advice from Dr. Duncan. I learn something new from her every single day. So, I mean, even just listening to this podcast, I've learned something new um, and and talking through it. So um, thank you so much for listening today. If you took anything away from this podcast and you want more information on these steps in the hiring funnel, please go check out Dr. Duncan's website, drmaryfrancisduncan.com. Please check out um, Dr. Duncan's social media, Dr. Mary Francis Duncan, and um, definitely give this um, podcast a five-star review if you took anything away from it. We really appreciate the feedback and feeling like we are doing the right thing for our community is ultimately the goal. So we want to make sure we're talking about things that you're interested in. So thank you so much again for listening to the first half of the hiring funnel, and please come back and join us for part two where we really get to talk about the really personable aspects of this 